What's up, sports nuts and beer guts? Episode 35. We are almost, well, I was going to say we're almost halfway through the year. We are over halfway <laughs> through the year, boys. It's Kentucky <laughs> math right there. A little crazy math here. It's uh, wild times. I can't even do math in my head anymore. But episode 35 of the Sports Nuts and Beer Guts. The Pecorine of episodes. Oh, Thank you, Chris, because this Man. is um, this is uh, we take a hiatus from a Shaquille O'Neal jersey on this one, but he comes back with a vengeance next week. Chris Collette, Matt Hickman, gentlemen, are you still surviving? I'm still surviving. That's the right word. Yes. <laughs> Chris, you're probably thriving, aren't you? Uh, I'm still sucking the unemployment tit, so <laughs> I, I guess two hundred seventy five dollars a week thriving <laughs> well good thing there's nowhere to spend that money right now um unless you live in tennessee and evidently in tennessee everything is considered an essential business so for some reason everybody's still open and everything's definitely everything it's it's wild wild west but boys we're here to talk we got some sports talk um we're actually going to run through the the four major sports nba baseball hockey football and then we're going to bring you some unpopular opinions there's been this uh this theme rolling around facebook where people mention 10 things that they don't like or 10 things that are unpopular opinions so we decided we're going to bring you our most unpopular opinions and you can love us or hate us but we got a good feeling you're going to love us by the end of this podcast chris before we get started do you have any uh tiger king updates for us um apparently uh ID's doing a Carol Baskin, did she do it special? Uh, there might be a bonus episode to be released at some point. And some reporter asked Excited. Trump today during the coronavirus update <laughs> if he should if he's going to pardon Joe Exotic. So Tiger King coronavirus, those are the two constants in uh, the last week. And oh, they merged oh. because Joe Exotic now has the coronavirus. <laughs> what? Did he get you it from a he- tiger? <laughs> oh, you didn't hear that? Yeah, he... Uh, no. He actually, it was actually so bad, he uh, was admitted to a hospital. Had to leave prison to go to a hospital. Hmm. Um, so, boys, I don't know if the Sports Nuts and Beer Guts curse is striking us every week, but my goodness. Oh, Joe my Ex- gosh. Joe Exotic with the coronavirus. <laughs> a tiger in New York with the coronavirus. I could go on about that. I don't understand why we're using a test on a tiger nor how do we think that they're exhibiting signs <laughs> of the coronavirus. <laughs> the tiger said it couldn't smell. Yeah, it was, so that was the that was the problem. Didn't smell the sardine oil on uh, Carol's husband. So, oh, wild times. But let's start with a quick uh, quick sports update here. The NBA is set. They announced last week they had five cities they're narrowed down to. They think they could resume the season or essentially resume the the playoffs or, or start the playoffs. Looks like they've narrowed it down to Vegas. Uh, I've heard Louisville's the second option. Chris, is the NBA going to have a playoffs in 2020? I think so. I've been pretty steady on that opinion. Um, Of these suspended sports right now, I think the NBA has the best chance of finishing their season. Only because I think they ideally want the season next year to start on Christmas Day. And this gives them an actual reason to do that. They have... Hell, they don't have to finish the season until October, if we're being honest. Players still get two months off uh, if that happened. 
So I don't think the NBA is in a hurry. I think they're going to wait it out. And I think we will see an NBA champion crown this year. And I think Vegas is the likely scenario. They got the summer league. Uh, so the arenas are already booked. And uh, also, if you're betting on this, I would bet against the Houston Rockets as long as strip clubs are open. Because <laughs> uh, Vegas, James Harden. Oh, good luck with that one. You, know, you did bring up a good point. I think this is the time when every commissioner and owner is sitting around trying to figure out if we ever wanted to move our season, now's our chance to do it. Uh, there's no reason for the NBA to start when they do. They need to start Christmas Day. While football is going on, nobody cares about the NBA. Um, so let them start Christmas Day. Heck, I wish college basketball didn't start till January. It's the only sport that spans yeah. two semesters. Nobody cares until, Janu- until January. Push March Madness back until May Madness. It ain't going to matter. Um, it's still going to be the biggest thing out there. So I think this is, I think Chris is on to something. I think this is a good opportunity to push everything back. But Chris, you must not have heard the, that ESPN is set to televise a horse competition with NBA, WNBA, and retired NBA players. Hickman, how much of this horse contest are you watching? What is a horse contest? Like, what is the tallest horse? What's the fastest oh, horse? What's they're the playing sp- horse? Hickman. Basketball horse. Oh they're my gosh. Horse. I thought you meant like horses. <laughs> yep, I seriously yep. thought you meant horses. The tallest horse. <laughs> <laughs> the, the gold ribbon. <laughs> oh my gosh. I hadn't played pickup ball in so long. That's how far off I am. <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm embarrassed, guys. Are you interested in seeing uh, Chris Paul and Zach Levine go head to head in a game of horse? Sure. There's nothing else going on. I'll watch horse. Why not? I know they did that in the 70s. I saw this clip of like uh, Pete Maravich and George Gervin playing horse against each other. And Pistol Pete won and he took some real boring shots. I feel like it'd be a lot more exciting these days watching it. Yeah, that I think I think it also lends credence to Chris's idea is they're in no hurry. They're not trying to televise this in the next week or two. This is a Woj bomb that came out tonight. They're not trying to televise this the next week or two if they think playoffs are going to be starting uh, the first of next month. So I think I think Chris is right. The NBA is no hurry. ESPN's got to put something on there so they don't have SportsCenter rolling 24 hours a day uh, with nothing to talk about. But, you know, who won the 1995 Masters or whatever they're doing? Um, any other NBA updates we need to let the listeners know about, guys? The only college basketball, uh, the uh, transfer rule has been approved. Uh, doesn't players, start until next year, though, for some reason. Right. Yeah, so they're not starting until next year, but all players will be allowed at least one transfer, no one free transfer, yeah. no questions asked. Um, whew, the college basketball waiver wire is going to be hot and heavy. Um, so I think that's a good change, though. Oh, yeah. I mean, if you're going to let coaches go wherever they want when they want, let the guys aren't getting paid go wherever they want when they want. I think they should let it do it more than once. But what do I know? Chris, we need an update. Is Major League Baseball going to start their season in Arizona? Uh, no, that's not happening. Zero percent chance. I It's a pipe dream scenario. Uh, I personally would be shocked if Major League Baseball even has a season. Uh, I'm doing a AL only fantasy draft uh, dynasty league, and I've literally punted the season just going for prospects because I'm like, 
there's greater than zero percent chance that there's no season this year. So, uh, yeah, there I'm, I'm not banking on it. I mean, the one thing that nobody's been able to answer is once a player tests positive for the coronavirus, then then what? And I don't think we have that answer yet. So, well, we're about to find out. I got nothing else to talk about baseball. Higman, I assume you have nothing to add about baseball. No, no, definitely. <laughs> but since Chris did talk about players with the coronavirus, evidently um, there are hockey teams that are supposedly social distancing themselves, but a lot of players in the same teams have the coronavirus. Um, so the NHL is rumored to have their playoffs in North Dakota. Hickman, what's going on with the NHL? I mean, they could get away without fans, sure. North Dakota? Fine. All I know is like, <laughs> think about the NHL is like, weren't there, wasn't there an issue a few years ago or maybe even like last year with a bunch of NHL players, like not being into vaccines and stuff like that. And like mumps, there was measles being a thing. Yeah. Well, it's not, they're they're definitely not taking this seriously. It's, it's, it's their foreign, their foreign players that, I mean, they come from Russia or Sweden or somewhere where vaccines aren't necessarily not Sweden. They're definitely getting vaccinated there. Well, I'm just saying, like, that's... In Russia, weird. they just okay. give you the mumps instead of a vaccine. They just give it to you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, there, so there's a bit more of an issue with that. So, I guess that, that begs also, the question. Also, a lot of those guys, that, those foreign guys, they live together. Makes so sense. Oh, so they're, I mean, they, they get an apartment over here six months out of the year, and especially young guys that aren't married. Their hashtag quarantine. <laughs> Gay? Ne- <laughs> what? Quarantine. That was a good. Yeah, one. That was that's the thing, isn't it? Isn't that like a thing going around? I don't sure. know. Um, me either. Chris, give me a percent chance that NHL has a, uh, crowns a champion in 2020. I'm going to go with 20 percent. And that's yeah. my optimistic number. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I think baseball you can play because if a player gets it, you're not physically touching each other. Um, it's super slow and boring. Nobody's watching. <laughs> um, just go stand in left field. Yeah, Get him a DH. <laughs> <laughs> Catcher just back up five, five or six feet and just kind of roll it back oh, to the pitch. Um, Find your pitcher, yeah. So, I mean, I, I see how baseball, even if somebody gets the, the coronavirus, how they can continue to play. Um, I mean, NHL players currently have it. I don't know how they play. And like Chris said, once somebody has it, I mean, I don't I don't know how that works. So that leads us to our last major sport here, the NHL. Um, NHL has decided they're just going to continue with the season as scheduled. They're doing the draft, albeit remotely. And NFL. Hickman, who's going to be the first team that has a technical glitch come draft night? Oh, Raiders, hundred percent, the Raiders. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's definitely them. They're. I was going to go to the Giants. I don't. Uh, Dave Gettleman, seeing him on the computer. Yeah, there's enough people in that organization to write the ship to figure it out. The the Raiders, there's definitely not. Mark no, Davis he, is going to be squinting over his laptop. <laughs> his his you know his dude, you're getting Adele from two thousand and one. Trying to figure out what who parking lot. (laughs) (laughs) Since he can't get in. No, the Giants are totally going to have a glitch. The Raiders are going to have a draft so bad they're going to blame it on technical glitches and that they're 
got the wrong player sent in. Um, They're just trying to sort by fastest 40 speed on some sort of Excel <laughs> document and then taking that person. And since they, and didn't, they, get to yeah. do, yeah, so they didn't get to do pro days, they're just like estimating 40 speed based on, you know, three plays they watched on film half a year ago. Um, it's it's cracking me up. So NFL is going to continue. Should be an exciting draft because nobody has a clue what's going on uh, or what these players have been up to or into. Um, but the NFL has decided to, to switch up a few jerseys. Um, teams are coming out. Rams decided that they're going to change the logo, the colors, the jerseys. Fans hated it, and they decided they're sticking to their guns. Chris, if you're the general manager, the owner of a team, you change your logo, your colors, and all the fans hate it. Do you stick to your guns because you're a billionaire, or do you say, hey, we play for you guys. What what could we do different? Oh, that's a tough one. Oh. It depends. It depends how harsh the feedback is. Uh, you mentioned the Rams when it when it got released. I was scrolling through Twitter and I thought it was the Chargers' new logo. Like I really did. I thought it was a lightning bolt. Uh, it looks more like a lightning bolt than it does a horn to me. Uh, it depends on that, to be honest. So I would I would be more likely to change it up. Plus, I mean, all, there's like you go to Reddit logo like jerseys and. You can find some good ideas just from Reddit alone. So there's no excuse to throw out some garbage logo that people are just going to instantly hate. Yeah, I would expect an answer like that from a uh, Vol Twitter man over here. Um, Hickman, who has the best jersey you've seen, best new jersey you've seen come out? None of the above. <laughs> uh, <laughs> just by default, the Bucks are better than what the, uh, what the Falcons did just because – at least the Bucks had a terrible jersey to begin with. It was it was probably the worst in the NFL. And then they went with their like heritage look back from their glory days, which is pretty sad thought of what their glory days were. Just they you know reincorporated the pewter. The Falcons had a good jersey. They actually looked looked pretty good. And then they went to just absolute. I mean. Just garbage jerseys. My, my answer to your question to Chris is don't do it this terrible of a job in the first place. Focus group some of this stuff. I feel like they just like are arrogant and like send out their graphic designer and bring it back to the other. Yeah, I like it. Okay, roll it. Then and it you flops. have plenty of time. Like there's no need to oh, rush. Years. There. <laughs> years. Yeah. <laughs> just like secretly post in a Reddit thread or whatever and just see like, hey, this is my design. What do you think on a throwaway account and see what people say? There's a, there's a ways to figure out whether or not this is going to go well or not. And obviously they did not do that. Yeah. Just leak it to Kevin Durant and see what happens. <laughs> He'll put his fake account. <laughs> Honestly, the best thing I've seen in all this is the Tom Brady is Bucko Bruce. That was probably the best, <laughs> like the, the Bucks should have gone to that for one year uh, with their rented Tom Brady season. But yeah, oh, it's crazy. All right, before we move to our unpopular opinions, did any of you watch WrestleMania, the two-night special with no fans? I watched along with the all zero fans they had in attendance. Yeah. <laughs> then, of course uh, not. Um, and last, did you guys see where the UFC has bought an island to so they can now have fights um, on some remote island somewhere? Good idea, I, bad idea. I did. Good idea, in my opinion. I care significantly less about the UFC than I do Major League Baseball. 
Uh, yeah, I mean, I feel like it's it's something, you know. Um, I don't know. I mean, if I'm, if you're a business, you got to do what you can to survive right now. So, you UFC they paid four billion dollars for a product that has netted them less than a fourth of that. So, might as well try try something. And hey, if you got the money to buy an island, so you can show off your sport, more power to you. Guys, it's unpopular opinion time, and this is where our listeners really get to know the inner workings of Chris, Matt, and Logan. Chris, start us off strong. What is Ugh. one of your unpopular opinions? You said strong? Okay. Here's this. Here's a strong one. I'm going to go with uh, ranch and blue cheese are for pussies when eating wings. <laughs> uh, what, both I, of them? Yes, there's there's no need to dip your wings in it. I mean, they they already come with a sauce on them. There's no need to dip into something else. So, if you dip okay. your sauces into something, Matthew Hickman, you are a pussy. <laughs> so, Chris, what kind yep. of wings do you eat? Uh, medium. No, no. Do they have bones or do they not? I I, I eat both. Yeah, which one do I prefer? You prefer? Uh, boneless because exactly so you eat chicken nuggets messy. and you dip your chicken nuggets into other sauces barbecue sauce yes <laughs> fair enough i'm just i just wanted to point out that you that you eat chicken nuggets instead of wings i mean i eat, I eat bone-in wings too so okay fair enough chris am i allowed to dip my spicy nugs from chick-fil-a into a sauce no what? I don't. Oh, oh my goodness! I, no. I like the that, sauces. I, I like. I, I like the. I like the ranch and blue cheese. I am fairly anti-dipping sauce with everything, but this is one that, like, when we go to a wing place uh, in McMinnville, um, I get wings. My wife gets wings, um, and she has me get ranch because she needs so much effing ranch that I have to give her mine, and she still runs out of ranch. I don't. That befuddles me how that's possible. So. That That's where the funny. opinion came from. So yeah, because I used to never do condiments. I don't. I hate ketchup. Um, never tried ranch, or I just never did condiments until I met my wife, and she is a condiment connoisseur. Um, and so now, like Hickman, I'm a big fan of the sauces. I, you know, I'll, I'll take I a Chick Fil A French fry, dip it in the barbecue sauce and the ranch, or not the the buffalo sauce and the ranch, double dip, take a bite. Pretty good. Where it's at. You want you want all the flavors, man. All the flavors. So, Chris, that's definitely an unpopular opinion because that opinion is wrong. So, <laughs> uh, congratulations. All right. I'm going to go with an unpopular opinion. Um, I'd like to apologize to the Agave brothers in advance, but I cannot stand live music. I think it takes away from atmosphere instead of adding to it. If you go to a restaurant with live music, you can't talk to anybody. You can't think about anything. There's just blaring music coming at you. Um, you know, if you're up there playing, you're expecting people to listen to you. I didn't come to listen. I came to eat dinner. You happen to be here. Um, I don't like concerts. I don't like live music. It sounds better on a CD, on the radio, oh, whatever. Um, so, well, and this is also the same guy who... Um, three weeks into quarantine and I've decided I'm listening to nothing but jock jams on Pandora. <laughs> so that's my, that's my station I've been rolling with for a solid da, three days da, now. Da, 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 da. Um, but my unpopular opinion, live music sucks. 
That's a bad opinion. <laughs> I don't know what to say there. I uh, Alicia and I try to go to, you know, four or five concerts a year. Big fan of seeing how somebody is live, if they're good or if they're not. Um, I like hearing. I, I get I do get what you say about coming to a restaurant and there's some, you know, crappy cover band up there singing, singing photograph by Nickelback. And all you want to do is dip your wings into your into your blue cheese and go on about your night, and then they've ruined it. I get that, I do. Um, but you know, good live music. I am. I'll listen to jazz, bluegrass, whatever. I'm. Yeah, I'm, I'm a fan. Hickman, remember the uh, sports bar? This wasn't live music, but remember the sports bar we went to on the strip a couple years ago? Oh my gosh! And it was us and Cole. I mean, we were the only people at this sports bar. And like the owner's son walks in there at like 11 o'clock and just starts blaring techno as loud as I've ever heard music being blared. I have a video that Lawson was even there. Like it, yeah. it was, it was unbelievably loud and unbelievably bad. It, it managed to, to somehow like just blare the, we had to leave just because the music was so offensive. Like, that was terrible. Him. Yeah. We asked the guy like, Hey, we're the only ones here. Can you turn it down or turn it off? And he said, no. This is just how I do it. This is this is this is me being me doing what I do. Gerald Fitch, learn to do something else there, Chief. <laughs> what you got, Hickman? All right, my first unpopular opinion: I don't like Michael Jordan. I've never liked him. Even when I believe it or not, I was like the only kid that was like that was born in the '80s who didn't like Michael Jordan. I remember when I was eight, nine years old. I just. Didn't like the Bulls, didn't like Michael Jordan. I wish I had a good reason then why. But over time, that opinion, I feel like, has aged pretty well, as people have gotten to know about Michael Jordan more. He was an absolute jerk. He punched his teammates. He uh, made fun of his children in his Hall of Fame induction speech. So I don't dispute how good he is or good he was. Just don't like the guy. Not a fan. Not a fan of the 90s Bulls. Not a fan of Michael Jordan. Mm. You didn't what want to be Space like Space Jam. I liked Bill Murray. <laughs> I love Charles Barkley. How about that? <laughs> so, Hickman, in your opinion, who is the NBA GOAT? Is it MJ or LeBron? It's, it's, it's really tough to say. I think if they ever played one-on-one, LeBron would eviscerate him. Like if you put prime MJ versus prime LeBron, Michael had, you know, and Kobe had this to a degree too, just that like extra killer crazy instinct that I don't know that LeBron has quite as much. He's just too like good of a dude, too nice of a guy. Jordan didn't have that. He was going to steamroll people uh, regardless of who they were. That's why he, you know, punched Steve Kerr. That's why, like B.J. Armstrong. I remember like reading books about like what it's like to to work with a a a, a sociopath. Like it was, it was crazy. Like he was super difficult to be around and super difficult to play with. He was inc- like incredibly good. But I, I like LeBron better. I I, I, I think if they had played one on one, it would be LeBron. So there you go. What would Michael Jordan have done if Tony Kukoc started dating his mom? <laughs> What? <laughs> I think the Wante West somehow, reference right there. Yeah, oh yeah, we would we would not have known about. Well, Tony Kukoc would not be around. <laughs> I think that's the. Yeah, LeBron played with the guy who started dating his mama. Delonte West dated. I did not realize that. 
Delonte <laughs> West has some problems, though. He, he does. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Okay. Bigman doesn't like MJ. And he's not talking about Michael Jackson. He likes Michael Jackson better than Michael Jordan. <laughs> you heard it oh, here. Mercy. That's, that's a completely different thing. I do like Michael Jackson's music, but real creeper, weirdo, yeah. rough, yeah. bad. Dude. Wow. Not a guy. Pedophiles over ballers. I like it, Hickman. Here we go. Chris, your next unpopular opinion. Uh, next unpopular opinion is the Zero Bar is the best candy bar out there, hands down. Uh <laughs> It's not even close. I, I bet less than 20% of our listening what? audience has ever had a zero bar. Well, the 80% that haven't had one are missing out. Go get one. They're, they're a dollar wherever you go. And they're delicious. When you, go, when you go see a chocolate fountain, do you go to the dark chocolate one or the white chocolate one? White chocolate. Everybody goes to the white chocolate one because white chocolate's better. So there you go. I mean, you, ha- you have the white chocolate candy bar. You have the caramel, you have the the peanut and almond nougat or whatever you call that. And it's just it's just heaven in your mouth. Where are you guys going to have multiple chocolate fountains? Do you go to Golden Corral frequently? Golden Corral, hello. That place ain't going to exist (laughs) post-COVID. So, I'm sorry, chocolate fountain is about the most, like... (laughs) That's a good point. Unsanitary thing in the world. You got kids going in there, putting their hands in there. Gonna have a chocolate fountain hand. <laughs> R.I.P. R.I.P. Golden Corral COVID twenty twenty. It, it ain't surviving. Oh, it's, right. No, it's it's uh, Will's gonna have to find another place to go with the fifty five and older crew because it's uh Golden Corral is, is going the way of the sizzler. Chris, I'm a, I'm a big fan of white chocolate. I don't even like other chocolate, but I don't know if I can get, get down with Zero Bar being the best bar ever. It is. It's a fact. When was the last time gonna, you had a zero bar? Me? Yeah. This week. <laughs> I'm on unemployment right now, so anytime I go on the Dollar General, I got to have a pity zero bar or hundred grand to. Uh, All right, I I need to get a zero bar this week. Get a zero bar. Just, it's it's. And just I'm gonna heavenly. get a Reese's cup, and I'm gonna try them back to back. Well, I know which one's better out of those two because Reese's cups are. That that could have been another one. Reese's cups are garbage. Wow, that's that's more unpopular than than yes. zeros being great. There you go. Reese's the, cups are the, the goat of candy bar. The the top corner where it's just a chocolate, like hard chocolate. Yeah. I don't know what you're talking about. That yeah. top corner ruins Reese's bars. Eat Reese's egg then. How about a Reese's egg or a Reese's pumpkin? No, I don't, see, I don't. I'm I'm actually kind of with Chris on the you can't the, you can't go away from, I keep, the Reese's egg. The ratio of peanut butter to chocolate is all messed up. It doesn't work. See, I think those are better, but oh man, man, we need a Chris, poll does, on this. What y'all think does, of Reese's? Does a zero bar have peanuts in it? It does. Yeah. Oh yeah. So, yeah. What else in it? White chocolate, just, peanuts. What else? It's just white chocolate caramel, caramel. and then uh, a, like a milk chocolate nougat with almonds and peanuts crushed into it. It's good. I think it's the peanuts. I'll try nougat. one. Y'all, y'all should go try one and get back with me next week. Okay. All right. It's, I don't think it's going to hit hit the Mount Rushmore candy bars. But. It does. <laughs> my Mount Rushmore. All right. My next unpopular opinion. One of my personal favorites, Shaquille O'Neal, the most dominant player in the modern NBA, because I don't know previous NBA. And I believe he changed the game more than any modern player ever. Okay, 
most dominant and has changed the game more. I think those two go hand in hand. I think Shaq going to L.A. was the most successful free agent acquisition in sports history. I think that spun all this LeBron going somewhere, KD going somewhere. Um, I think when Shaq did it, all of a sudden people realized this can work and this wor- this this can be awesome. Um, they literally changed the way they build backboards because of Shaquille O'Neal. They changed uh, the NBA changed protocol for backboards. Uh, they required all arenas to have a backup goal in 93 after Shaq shattered two of them. They changed the way the basketball goal is actually constructed. Now in the NBA, the rim has to be attached to the stanchion instead of the backboard. Um, because of Shaq's dominance in the paint, the NBA started to allow zone defenses to be played. Hack-a-Shaq became a thing because of Shaq, and the NBA had to change that rule. Um, when Shaq retired with him, so did, um, the death of the true NBA center. Um, and then likely the death of college centers, high school centers, all that. Um, in 97, the prime of Shaq's career, the NBA decides to add the restricted area after Shaq and the magic complained he was getting called for too many fouls by elbowing people in the face. They would just stand there and take it. Um, and it is now a technical foul for shattering a backboard. What? It is a technical foul if you shatter a backboard. How, how is that possible? Uh, you should call the NBA and ask them. Thanks to Shaquille O'Neal, he literally changed the rule books because he was the most dominant player in NBA history. I have a question for you, Logan. I got an answer for you. The most dominant player in NBA history. How did you do in the 95 finals? How many games did he win? He wanted to win all of them. He wanted. He wanted. Boy, did he want. But the guy who was equally revolutionary, Hakeem, the dream, Elijah who could play in today's NBA and be a superstar, owned him. He could not. And how many rules did the NBA change because of Hakeem, the dream? That's true. They did not change rules for him, but he could play in today's NBA. And uh, he also is a better defensive player than Shaq. Most blocks all time, in addition. Does the modern NBA center change the way they play because Hakeem played the game first or because Shaq played the game before him? Well, the thing is, right now, the modern NBA, like Shaq just would be useless on the court. Oh, I disagree there. Yeah, he changed the NBA. How useless? Okay, that's an overstatement. You could still pass the ball. He's a defensive, like he's he just does nothing defensively. I guess that's the thing. And you have to you'd have to he slow rebounds. down the offense. You'd have to change everything. He but like he you could, you like could get three around blocks a game in his career. Shaq? Yes. Yeah, against like Herb Williams Chris and yeah. Chris Dudley shooting bad jump hooks. <laughs> I'm gonna see how many blocks a game he averaged. Let's see. Two point three for his career. There you go. It's close to three. However, his, you know what his best year was? This is crazy. His rookie year, 23, 13.9 on the glass, and three and a half blocks. That's insane. While shooting, 56 point, shooting 56.2%. So Shaq's best season rebounding and best season in blocks came his rookie year. That's that's really impressive. The Kings' best season, he averaged 4.6 blocks a game. 
That's nuts. But it's not. This isn't a Shaq and Hakeem argument. Um, no, this is I, a Shaq changed the NBA more than any player, probably in NBA history. But I know than any modern player. I, I was. Curry, I think Curry's a big. Uh, I was going to say Curry, Curry when I saw it on the outline, and then Logan named off all the things, and I was like, okay. Yeah, maybe Steph Curry is not the right answer. How is a good argument? NBA other than Trey Young, James. Everybody shoots threes. Yeah, yeah. The three point line, he extended it even further than it already is. Do you know why people shoot more threes now? Well, it's the most efficient shot in basketball. Uh, Because the rules change after Shaq being in the (laughs) NBA made all big men. If they couldn't stand in the paint with Shaq, you had to get your butt outside and shoot, a la Tim Duncan. I think Wilt Chamberlain changed the game a ton. And now, again, that was a different era that, that we have watched. I think you've got a, a good argument. Of course, the thing about free agency, it's like there's a pattern of the Lakers like strong arming their way into the best free agent. That's happened for what that Wilt, Kareem, Shaq. Uh, at the time, Dwight Howard, it sure seemed like it. Um, they strong armed their way into Kobe. Um, and then LeBron. Oh my gosh! Don't give me started on that. <laughs> they definitely don't win those two titles without Pau Gasol. Oh my goodness! Never mind there. But Hickman, what's your yeah. what's your next unpopular opinion here? My next unpopular opinion is probably highly unpopular. Swimming pools are awful. Whether it's a home swimming pool, whether it's a public one, or at a hotel. Like there's a great Seinfeld episode where Kramer talks about the virtues of the shower. And somebody said they like bath. I think George said he liked bath. And Kramer says, what, you like sitting in a pool of your own tepid filth? Basically, a swimming pool is that, except you're there with strangers. Um, it's, they're, I just, no. ah, man, they're just gross. The water is just laying there. I'm all for swimming in the ocean. I love the ocean. It's a lot of fun. There's sand. You might get bitten by a, you know. Shark. A crab or, yeah, pinched by yeah. a crab. I really like the ocean. It's a lot of fun. Riding the waves, that's all good. Swimming pools are just like, Bodies of water with a ton of chlorine. Your eyes are going to burn, and you're probably swimming in some seven-year-old's pee. So you do you do realize pool, some pool. you realize pool water is one filtered and two can be salt water. So the, point? the the water is not just sitting there in your tepid filth. It's being filtered. No, it's, it's definitely not. cleaner than bath water. I agree with that. It's just <laughs> I, I just. They're, like say you own one it's just so much maintenance and so much money and all that i just feel like it would i i'm not i'm just not a fan swimming pools oh, I, I this, is why, this is why it's unpopular i just don't like swimming pools chris are there more yeah. activities to be played in a swimming pool or in the ocean um i would i would almost say the ocean have you ever I tried hate, to play volleyball hate, in the ocean i hate playing games in the pool oh my goodness i'm I'm not a pool guy either. The only thing I will say about pools, I like them because if the pool's open, it means the weather's nice, the girls are wearing very little clothing, and the drinks are cold. So those three things are three things I like. So that's the only thing that gives a swimming pool a plus for me. Outside of that, I I don't need a swimming pool. All right, Chris, I'm excited about your next one here. Oh, we. Oh, okay, let's go. Uh, This is my first uh, knock on the state of Indiana. Sorry to AWOL. (laughs) Um, this one Birth, birthplace of the host of sports notes and beer guts. Um, <laughs> oh, is it really? You're born yes. in Indiana, Shelbyville, oh. Indiana. What's up? Oh, I okay. forget that. Yeah, I definitely didn't know that. But uh, bury that. 
the worst NBA announcer and very average NBA player, Reggie Miller, shouldn't be in the Hall of Fame. Um, I don't think it's controversial at all because I have a high standard for the Hall of Fame. I think the Hall of Fame should be for players that were great. And when I think of great players in the 90s, um, Reggie Miller's not on the list. Sorry. Um, And I don't think that's just my opinion because any guesses on how many times he was first team All-NBA? I don't think he ever was. Uh, Any guesses on how many times he was second team All-NBA? 18-year career. Once? Surely. No. Like, who did he play with? Jordan? Well, so so he spanned a couple of different weird eras. Like he was a two guard in the East when Jordan, well, in all NBA, like he also played yeah. with, well, like Drexler two was guards, better. Two Mitch Richmond was there. Yeah, he's probably not making it for a long time. So maybe once is all I'm going to say. The answer is zero. No, he, he was never first team. He was never second team. <laughs> How the hell is that guy on Hall of Famer? Like, like if you're in 18 year career, you were never considered one of the four best players at your position. Uh, any guess? And here's some guys that were first and second team as guards in the NBA. Kevin Johnson. He was really uh, good. Del Ellis. Oh, no. Uh, Mark Price. <laughs> yeah, he was good. Tim Hardaway. Timmy. Uh, Drazen Petrovich. Oh, great. Mitch Richmond. And McClure Boyd's favorite player, Rod the God Strickland. Oh, low. So uh, Rod Strickland, he never made an all-star team. Really? No, but he was all NBA. He was all NBA. At least well, how does that happen? At least one more time than Reggie Miller. I think Reggie Miller is only six-time all-star, too, out of 18 seasons. That's pretty rough. Uh, and I, just, plus, I just pulled up Reggie's stats. He, he did not pass the ball. Nope. He did no. not rebound. Nope. He did not steal the ball. I want to say he, his averages were like 22 and then less than two in the rest of the category. Two or less in the rest of the categories. Well, his career average is 18. And then, yes, it's like two for everything else. And and his three-point shooting percentage is like 40%, maybe. It's sub 40. Yeah. So if you think that's Hall of Fame worthy, plus he is an absolute abomination on TV right now. Uh, he makes me hate watching NBA games on TV. So, yeah, Reggie Miller gets the boot. Hall of Fame should be for great players. Yeah, I think I think that bar should be super high for Hall of Fame players. I don't think any if you're even questionable, like questioning if they're Hall of Fame or not. I tend to default to they're not. So that's just my I'm with line you on that. Hall of Fames. So, yeah, I've actually thought about this a little bit this past week. Uh, former Kentucky. Um basketball coach eddie sutton was named to the basketball hall of fame didn't he die last year or something no but he's sick now but he's still with us um which is probably why he got in because he's his health wise is is failing Um, i know there was some talk about him not uh them not letting him in until he died because of his ncaa violations yeah so like part of me i thought about with him is just like one i probably don't really care a whole lot about how good of a person you are when it comes to the hall of fame. You know, we talked about that with baseball and steroids and stuff. Um, but Eddie Sutton never won a title. Um, (laughs) he went to the final four at Arkansas and Oklahoma state never even made a final four at Kentucky. Um, so, I mean, he was good everywhere he went, but if you're a coach, don't you have to win a title to be an all time great or not? I I think it helps a lot. (laughs) 
I like if you're, I mean, especially if you're at schools like Kentucky and you don't Arkansas. win a title. Oklahoma <laughs> State's not terrible. Yeah, like if you're at schools that can win a title and you don't, um, it just strikes me as odd that he was he was a Hall of Famer. But way to go, Eddie. Uh, but yeah, I, I may Chris may have just swayed me there. I may be anti Reggie Miller now. Success. We'll look into that one. That's interesting. I you may you may have something there. I mean, he does have a couple moments that do stand out. I mean, like the especially in Madison Square Garden. Uh, but yeah, they they have carried him to the Hall of Fame. My next unpopular opinion, and this is just, uh, I'm just going to say it because it's, it sucks. Coffee is terrible. There is no way to make it good. Um, coffee, I think everybody drinks it. Nobody really likes it. They all kind of have this acquired taste for it. Um, I don't even like hot drinks, much less coffee flavored bleh, anything um coffee's nasty i've tried three or four times in my life to make myself drink it because socially it's kind of a thing but again i don't think everybody that drinks coffee likes it either i think they just do it because it's a cool thing that's what everybody else is doing it's really cool to pay five dollars for a cup of coffee in nashville <laughs> that's why i did it <laughs> uh, so coffee you I, suck i have a rebuttal on that my favorite ice cream is some kind of Turkey Hill double donker. It's available at Kroger. It's a coffee double donker. Double donker, yeah. It's a it, it's a coffee chocolate cookie dough mix that's just absolutely heavenly. If you if you remotely like coffee at all and you love chocolate, nope. go get go get an ice cream. It'll be gone in about two days. Uh, your weight will hate me, but you will thank me. So. That's what I got with right. coffee. I will not be trying it because that would be garbage in my mouth. Get I love to try coffee. It, I disagree with you. I think coffee's fantastic. Uh, I like, didn't. Now I didn't like start drinking it until coffee. Yeah, I like black coffee and like I like yeah a lot of varieties of coffee. Um, that now that has changed over the years just because I don't like as much like. My tastes have changed. When I first started drinking coffee, it was when I was uh, working at the church in 07, 06, 07, and didn't sleep a lot. So I started drinking coffee. And over the years, my tastes have changed a little bit. But uh, meeting meeting folks at Waffle House at, you know, <coughs> excuse me, 1130, drinking a coffee with two creams and two sugars. And now years later, I'll like a cup of coffee black. But I, See, I genuinely enjoy coffee now. That's my point, Hickman. People, if they like the flavor of coffee, they would drink coffee. But they put all these flavors in coffee to hide the taste, and then they acquire the taste of actually liking coffee. You know, any other drink, if you like it, you like it without having to mix anything in it. You know, if you're a bourbon drinker, you like bourbon without having to have a Manhattan. Um, mm, I disagree. I think people start on that, like, oh, they'll drink a Manhattan or they'll drink some sort of... Or whiskey, you know, the drink of whiskey and Coke until I acquiring taste is like is one thing. Sure, I'll sure I acquired the taste of coffee. It took time over the years, but I enjoy it now. So not hating on anybody for enjoying the coffee. I am because it's garbage. Unbelievable. Hickman, do you have an unpopular opinion for us? I do. Um guy I work with, uh I thought he was gonna fight me when I stated my opinions on this. Famed country music artist George Strait just isn't very good. He released like 20 plus albums from the early 80s till the early aughts. He just cranked out an album a year. 
raked in the money from it, stood up there in his tight Wranglers, played four chords, sang in a very like narrow register, and was all about image. Guess how many songs he wrote on his 72-song four-CD box set? How many of those songs do you think he wrote? 72 songs. I think I know the answer, and it's zero, <laughs> but I don't want to ruin it for anybody. He wrote three. He co-wrote oh, three. three. Okay. He, co- he co-wrote them, and no- those songs were so insignificant. There's not even a clickable link in Wikipedia for those songs. So uh, among his hits, he he just he didn't write any songs. Which whatever you're you're more of a performer than you are a- an artist. If you just you know play the songs written by somebody else, sure, whatever you want to say, he taps into something. But does he have a, like a crazy good voice? No. Can he? Is he a crazy good guitar player? No. Does he write a bunch of songs? Also, no. I'm not a big country music guy anyway. Um, and he's one of the reasons that I just don't like country music. So there you go. I don't like live music either, Hickman. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, 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 yeah, I don't know anything much about uh, much about Mr. George Strait. That was back in country music when I wasn't... Uh, wasn't listening, didn't care about it. Um, I mean, if a guy like that who doesn't have any talent, he's an okay singer, okay on the yeah. guitar. Like, okay, how, does he, how does he sell all these? Image. Chris, I think you could comment on this better, but I think it's just, uh, I think it's all image. Chris likes uh, wearing those uh, black, pant, black jeans. <laughs> no, he, he, it is the image. It's the voice. Uh, combination of the two. Uh, so it I do have the a voice. Average. I mean, I, I don't disagree, but I'm saying it's he, better than some. Uh, yeah, it's better than mine. And, 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 he, and he does like have the whole traditional country feel that's very lost in country music. When you threw out a 90s country music star, I thought you should have thrown out Garth Brooks because he is garbage. Whoa! He is uh, the reason that pop country exists today. Uh, and that's why I have a vendetta against him. So he, he's what he was the Didn't beginning of his... pop country. But Garth wrote his own songs, right? So good for him. Does he want a trophy for that? I, I'm just saying, there's like if you write your own songs, there's there's more to the art if you do that. Do you think so? Because again, I'm gonna go back yes. to my my live yes. music situation. I don't care if you wrote it or not. I don't. I just want to care how it sounds. I mean, what's the big deal if somebody wrote a song or not? Because you made it. The song doesn't exist unless you wrote it. I think that's part of country music, though, is writing songs. Uh, a big part of country music. I mean, it's all storytelling essentially. I mean, yeah. According you to Dolly, tell somebody according, else, yeah. According to Dolly Parton, eighty percent of what's on the radio was not is not played by whoever wrote it. That's accurate. That's yeah. That's what makes yeah. That's that doesn't make like that's why he's like he can be an icon or whatever, but it doesn't mean he's like at the roots of the of the genre. He's not somebody who built it. You know that he didn't he didn't make those songs. He's he was able to sing the songs. They didn't make them. I guess I kind of equate it to. A NASCAR driver who didn't build his car but knows how to drive it. It's completely different. You're talking about Days of Thunder when Tom Cruise's character <laughs> didn't know how to pull trickle, couldn't drive it, and Robert Duvall had to tell him how to drive the car and what loose was and what tight was and all that. Those are different things. <laughs> Anybody can sit in the car and drive, but you know, it's I, I do think those are those are different things. He didn't build the guitar. You don't have to build the guitar to do something great with it. But you can write, tell a story. You can you can tap into some sort of 
you know, emotion or something like that by creating the song. The uh, country artists I like today, I think one of the reasons I like them are because they write their songs. Uh, I feel like if you write your songs like it, you, you relate to the song. You have the experience and it, and it comes out in your voice when you sing it. Just my personal Agreed. opinion. Agreed. I went, I saw Paul Simon live, which is something Logan would just thinks is the worst. Lame. But, uh, and you know, Never it was pretty awesome. Him. Just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> he was 75 years old and the dude was, you know, he, he wrote the songs that, that he that became iconic. And I appreciated, you know, that, that fact. And you, I agree. You can relate to those experiences. Chris, yep. we got one more unpopular opinion. One more. Okay. Saving the best for last. What do you got? Uh, this is one that will definitely piss off the whole state of Indiana. Sports movies based out of the state of Indiana suck. I'm talking about wow. Hoosiers and I'm talking about Rudy. Both movies are garbage. Uh, <laughs> when I grew when I was growing up, they were like the gold standard for sports movies. Don't know why. I, I never did get into them. Even when I was younger, uh, when people like were like, oh, these are the greatest things ever. I've watched them uh, uh, multiple times. I get nothing out of them, e- either one of them. So Hoosiers and Rudy. They suck. That's a tough take. Um, I don't know if I'd say they would. They suck. Um, they're definitely not my favorite. I mean, they're they're definitely uh, you know Hollywood fied um, stories. I actually, I like Hoosiers more than I like Rudy. Uh, Rudy just seems like it's all over the top. You know, carrying the guy off the crowd, chanting his name and stuff. Um, but that's a that's a tough take, Hickman. Where do Hoosiers and Rudy rank for you? So I haven't seen either of those in a long time. So I'd really not missing struggle. out. Remember, what'd you say? Not missing out. Okay. <laughs> I feel like I need to watch both of those again to see if they hold up. I remember I watched Hoosiers in college and wasn't super impressed. It was the last time I saw it. Um, so it'd be worth watching years again. ago. It was a long time ago. I remember I, the first time I watched Rudy, I remember liking it a lot, but again, I was a kid. So I, I, do need to watch those again and see if I agree with those takes or not. I know that this, you probably hear the angry mob from, you know, Columbus, Indiana coming down to knock down your door. If you insult John Mellencamp, then they're really done. So watch out. <laughs> Chris, I just looked it up. Rudy is the 54th most inspiring movie of all time. Gosh. What's the most inspiring movie of all time? I'm really curious. That's a good question. Um, let me see if I can find that list. Anchorman. <laughs> Die Hard. Uh, it's a Wonderful Life. Well, I should have guessed that. Rocky's number four. All right. My last unpopular opinion. This is not very popular in East Tennessee where I live. Um, but if Tim Couch and Peyton Manning had been drafted by the other's team their careers would have been reversed. Tim Couch gets drafted a year prior to the Colts. Peyton Manning gets drafted to the to the um to the Browns. Peyton Manning ends up with a 5-year career um and he is sitting at home. Tim Couch goes on to be one of the greatest of all time. Chris, you have your hand uh, raised. first. Yeah, first off, that that's not accurate. Um, there accurate. is 0% chance that Peyton Manning was going to the Browns. I mean, Eli Eli Manning used the power move of, <laughs> I ain't going to the Chargers. Peyton, for damn sure, would have said, ain't going to the Browns. Uh, <laughs> that's that's so, a good point. There you go. That is a good point. Um, and I know when Tim Couch, even when he left Kentucky as a junior, he did not want to leave because he knew he's going to get drafted by the Browns. 
and um, how Mummy and the Kentucky coaching staff basically told him, hey, we get it, but if you wait until come out as a senior, you're still going to get drafted by the Browns, so you might as well go ahead and get paid. Um, here's the deal. Tim Couch's rookie season, he is sacked 56 times. Um, and it, Tim Couch, uh, his five-year career, he's hit three times more than Peyton Manning ever was. Um, Tim Couch. How many pro bowlers did Tim Couch play with in his five-year career, Hickman? Oh, probably like three. He played with one, and it was a defensive linebacker who is because they made the playoffs, so they had to have a pro bowler. Um, He played with one pro bowler in his entire career. Do you know, um, do you guys have any idea who one of Tim Couch's starting running backs or wide receivers were in his five-year career? Well, I mean, I can probably name a few, but... uh... I don't know who his best one was. No. <laughs> uh, let's see. His uh, When he was a rookie, he also had two rookies at wide receiver. Darren Schiavarini and Kevin Johnson. First uh, round his, draft pick. His running back was Terry Kirby. From his Virginia, second, monster. His second year, he decided to keep Kevin Johnson and added David Patton to the mix. And Mr. Travis, champion. Travis Prentice at running back. Uh, the next year, he added Quincy Morgan to the wide receiver core and James Jackson at running back. Studs. He ended up with Willie Green. Um, or the pro dude, bowler. <laughs> the dude had garbage around him, garbage coaches around him, um, until our boy uh, Baker Mayfield um, last year. Tim Couch was the only quarterback to start all 16 games um, for the Browns. And he did it twice in his career. He's the last Browns quarterback to take him to the playoffs until recently. Um, guys, nobody was going to succeed um, in Cleveland. Peyton Manning wasn't going to succeed in Cleveland. Peyton Manning succeeded in Indy because he got to be surrounded by Marshall Falk, Marvin Harrison, Reggie Wayne, Edron James. Um, dude was surrounded by pro bowlers. It wasn't every because he was good. Every single year, he was surrounded by multiple Pro Bowlers every single year early in his career. Yeah, how'd that happen? How'd they become Pro Bowlers? Uh, because they were good. Okay, so uh, I 100% agree with you that Tim Couch's um, like bad NFL career is like 85% due to him being on. Like, Not only were the Browns the Browns, those were the expansion Browns. It's hard, yes. it's hard to discuss how awful those teams were i am 100 on board with that if he had been with a halfway decent franchise he could have had a very good nfl career like i'm looking at his his pro football reference page now the browns won two games his first year and in both of those he had to have a fourth quarter comeback and a game-winning drive that's pretty good um and yes the 2000 draft the 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 um the kentucky coaches were right the browns had the first pick in 2000 as well so yeah they were unbelievably bad um anybody was gonna gonna fail there i don't know like the other side of that though is does he become one of the five greatest quarterbacks of all time if he's in the cold situation where his coaches are with the exception of tony dungy like mediocre at best jim mora and then um i forget the guy who just stares at the wall all the time yes caldwell Um, with the exception of dungy mediocre at best which again mediocre at best is better than chris palmer and Butch Davis and whoever else the the Browns had who were awful. 
I think he has a good career. I don't think he becomes a, an all-timer. A third of the Browns' wins were a result of Tim Couch having a fourth-quarter comeback um, in the five years he played with them. Literally, he was responsible for a third of their wins. Um, not something Peyton Manning can say because Peyton Manning didn't have to because he was with the Colts. Because he threw four touchdowns before anybody had to worry about it. So, To Marvin Harrison and Reggie Wayne and Marshall Falk. So... For one season, his rookie year, and then he was trained the ring. <laughs> I just like throw him in there because it was one year. All right, Hickman, hit us with your last unpopular opinion. This is probably as unpopular as your last one. Um, all right. This is very similar to yours and has to do with quarterbacks being large, like a big part of product of their placement and talent around them. The guy is very, very, very good, but Tom Brady is not the GOAT. Tom Brady has... That has had the best career of any quarterback ever. There's no debate, no debate about that. But because of his situation, being in a cocoon with an incredible defense and had the best coach of all time as his coach, it sure helped. And it's helped a ton. I think there are a number of quarterbacks put in those seasons could have done definitely what he did. His, his last season when they won the Super Bowl, they scored 13 points in that Super Bowl. The fewest points ever to be scored and win a Super Bowl. But my point about all this is Brady gets the second half of his career when he was a, a far above replacement quarterback. He was very, very good his the second half of his career. The first half, he was wholeheartedly a game manager, completely, okay? I'm going to give you two quarterbacks, their first five years, okay? Here are their stats. 124 touchdowns, 73 picks, 18,008 yards, 16 game-winning drives, 12 fourth, 12 fourth quarter comebacks. Quarterback two. 123 touchdowns, 66 picks. So one fewer touchdowns, just a few less picks. 18,029 yards. So effectively the same. 16 game-winning drives, that's the same. 11 fourth-quarter comebacks, one fewer. One of those quarterbacks is Tom Brady. Want to guess who the other one is? Dandy right. Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton. Guy who was a who was a punching bag who we all have as like, Oh, he's like the definition of a mediocre guy. His first five-year numbers are absolutely the same as the quote-unquote GOAT. So Brady wins these three Super Bowls early on. He throws for 140 yards in the first Super Bowl they win. He has a bunch of playoff games where he does nothing but hand off to people. And anybody, like I don't say not, not anybody, but there's you know, 20 quarterbacks in the league at the time that could have accomplished those same things and gotten those wins. He has his second half of his career because he was a good game manager in his first. He turned into what he is because of that first half. And also, like, the two Super Bowls that he had his iconic performances, just the bizarre set of circumstances that happened to allow those to occur. When they beat the Seahawks, first possession, the Seahawks uh, no, a slot cornerback breaks his arm in half after intercepting a Brady pass in the end zone. Then Cliff Averill gets hurt. The Seahawks lose their pass rush. It all changes the, the complexion of the game. Then with the Falcons, the Falcons have two offensive linemen go down for the game. They can't move the ball in the second half. So Brady gets on the field the whole game, completing slant after slant after slant after slant. Yes, he's very, very good. He's not the GOAT. He's had the best circumstances of any quarterback to have ever played the game. So if Brady's not the GOAT, who is the GOAT? Sounds like it's Andy Dalton who is a three-time Pro Bowler. <laughs> I still, go, I still go with Montana. Joe Montana. It's. I think with quarterback, it's really tough to pick one. I think there's like four or five guys that, that you can argue about, and that um, 
you know, you could put in different situations. I think there are a number of guys you can put in Brady's situation that would have done the same thing. Who, who had a better situation, Montana or Brady? Not They're Tim Couch. Even. They're about even. Not Tim Couch. That's true. Tim Couch had, I will agree with that. Among all the stud prospects, he probably had the worst. Maybe David Carr. He and David Carr was sacked more than Tim Couch, surprisingly. Yeah, it was, it's amazing the dude's still alive. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let us know what you think of our unpopular opinions. Um, some of them are very unpopular. And I think there's one of them that Chris may have changed some minds. Um, we probably lost several listeners from the state of Indiana to, uh, this week. So we'll be, we'll be back next week for episode 36 of the Sports Nuts and Beer Guts podcast. When I get to heaven... I'm going to shake God's hand. Thank him for more blessings than one man can stand. Then I'm going to get a guitar and start a rock and roll band. Check into a swell hotel. Ain't the afterlife grand? And then I'm going to get a cocktail, vodka, and ginger ale. Yeah, I'm going to smoke a cigarette that's nine miles long. I'm going to kiss that pretty girl. On the tilt of the world Cause this old man is going to town <laughs> Then as God is my witness I'm getting back into show business I'm going to open up a nightclub called the Tree of Forgiveness And forgive everybody ever done me any harm Why well, I might even invite a few choice critics those syphilitic parasitics. Buy them a pint of Smithics and smother them with my charm. Cause then I'm going to get a cocktail, vodka and ginger ale. Yeah, I'm going to smoke a cigarette that's nine miles long. I'm going to kiss that pretty girl on the tilt of world. Yeah, this old man is going to town. Take that wristwatch off my arm. What are you going to do with time after you bought the farm? And then I'm going to go find my mom and dad. And good old brother Doug, well, I bet him and cousin Jackie are still cutting up a rug. I want to see all my mama's sisters, because that's where all the love starts. I miss them all like crazy. Bless her little hearts. And I always will remember these words my daddy said. He said, Buddy, when you're dead, you're a dead peckerhead. I hope to prove him wrong. That is, when I get to heaven. Because I'm going to have a cocktail, vodka, and ginger ale. Yeah, I'm gonna smoke a cigarette that's nine miles long. I'm gonna kiss that pretty girl on the tilt of the world. Yeah, this old man is going to town.
town Yeah, this old man 